Hi, hello, how are you, sunshine? Welcome to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Diddle. I am a small town girl from upstate New York. I'm a diagnostic medical sonographer, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, six-figure entrepreneur, future functional medicine doctor, and conscious joy spreader. I am obsessed with helping you navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively uplevel your life starting today. 10 years, 19 medical facilities, 10 years of, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. Congratulations, you're having twins. Is everybody sitting down? Is everybody okay? 10 years of, I'm scared, I hope it's not cancer. 10 years of a poker face when you see the cancer has spread. Guys asking me if it's a boy or a girl. Discovering an emergency and watching the patient get rolled into surgery. Sincere gratitude from strangers, coworkers, management. Being called in at 2 a.m. for somebody who's had pain for three months now. But tonight was the night they decided to come in. Ten years of the lump in my breast has gotten bigger. I didn't come in because I lost my mom and my sister to breast cancer. Ten years of how's your night going at 3 a.m. Well, I was sleeping and now I'm here. No worries. I love what I do. Ten years of, yeah, I haven't had anything to eat since yesterday, but your gallbladder tells me different. Oh no, I really have to pee, but your bladder is completely empty. No, I've never had any surgery as I can't find either ovary. Oh yeah, I did have those removed. Please undress from the waist down. Enters room, completely naked, staring at you. I forgot what you said. Ten years of stat ultrasound, eye pain. Okay, yeah, be right there. The list goes on and on and on. These years have been the most trying, rewarding, challenging, fulfilling days of my life, hands down. They've taught me more about me than I can ever put into words. The people that reach out to me having second babies, growing their family, wishing I was there to be their sonographer is something that I can't put into words. And on my path to becoming a naturopathic physician, I can't help but smile. But I'm also sad because pain makes us pay attention. And for me, when something is happening in my life, I don't think about me first. I think about everybody else. Now, recently, I should, I should rewind a little bit, saying back in like year two or three of doing ultrasound, I had some shoulder pain, really bad shoulder pain and wrist pain. I was gripping like all these things, right? I didn't think anything of it. I, I just, it's just not talked about, right? So I go on and on and on. And as a traveler, I was very fortunate because between assignments, I would take time off. Now I graduated in 2013 from Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York. Within 10 months, I moved my life across the country. I went out to San Mateo, California, took my first travel job. These doctors, these techs took me under their wing and taught me so much so much. I knew nothing. The truth is, you guys, in ultrasound, you don't really know much till you're about two years out of school and you're just still figuring it out. There are no two people that are the same. There are very few people that look like the textbooks you read, all the things, right? I took all my board exams. I sat for my abdomen, uh, my OB, OBGYN. My, my physics was the first one. That was like your baseline. And then I got registered in breast and fetal echo 
And like I said, vascular, OBG, like all the things. I took every exam there was because I didn't ever want to be told no. I was going to go as far as I could in this career. Nobody was going to tell me no. If I wanted a job in Alaska, well, I got the job in Alaska. Okay, that was my motivation. That was my thought process when I was taking my board exams. I was like, I'm going to see the world. I'm going to figure out where I want to live. This is it for me. And unfortunately, I couldn't have been more wrong. And when I say unfortunately, it's just because I wasn't aware of how this job was going to affect my quality of life. Between wrist pain, hand pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, and back pain, 90% of sonographers have surgery. Now, if you're like, what's a sonographer? I don't have any idea what you're talking about, Shauna. A sonographer is the same thing as an ultrasound technologist. Please don't say technician. It's technologist. Ologist is the study of something. And we are the st- we do, we specialize in the study of ultrasound, which is sound waves. Okay. Now, what makes this job more and more difficult is the growing epidemic of obesity. And I'm just going to be honest with you guys. As a maternal fetal medicine sonographer, which let me break that down for you, it's high risk pregnancy. So if you come to me in a specialty practice and I'm your ultrasound tech, you have, uh, chances are a lot of things going on. Maybe you have high blood pressure, maybe you have diabetes, maybe you're morbidly obese, okay? And now patient population has a lot to do with where you live. So when I lived down in the Carolinas, patient population was a lot larger than when I lived in California. But there are sonographers everywhere, okay? Everywhere. And between scheduling and the patient load growing and the patient size growing and us not being heard, my recent injury has just lit a fire under me. I'm so angry. And, you know, this would be so easy for me to just walk away from the field and be like, screw it. I'm, I'm going to move on with my life. Yeah. You know what? I'm moving forward with my life. But moving on for me would be forgetting about all of these people I've met over the past 10 years that I love and I care for that give patients the best care possible and just forgetting that they don't want to do anything else. They love this. They have to support their families. They they don't feel like they have a choice to do anything else. And of course they do, but maybe they just want to be in the field and we are not being heard. Not enough of us are speaking up. And let me tell you, musculoskeletal disorders, they're not sexy They're a major cause of morbidity throughout the world, and they have a substantial influence on health and quality of life. Not only that, the enormous burden of cost is unreal. It would be so much cheaper to keep us healthy than it is to put us out. Now, past few years, there's been so many times where I definitely could have looked into workers comp. I didn't even know what workers comp was. I am never the person to try to run like work the system, I guess you could say, or just be home doing nothing. No, no, no. I'm motivated. I'm driven. I want I want to make a difference in this world. And I'm not going to do that sitting home in my bed, okay, and just getting paid for it. But the fact that the direct cost of musculoskeletal disorders is up to 90, I can't even say this number, $932 billion. And even worse, the diminished quality of life is inevitable and it's immeasurable. It's It's sad. And in learning about it, we can become more aware. We can speak up for ourselves. Are there more things happening in the hospitals that are healthy and good for our sonographers? Absolutely. People that, um, there are places that have people come in and watch you scan and see, you know, how you're standing, how you're sitting. For me, you guys, I'm a solid 135. The good Lord did not bless me with long extremities. 
anybody is big to me, to be honest with you. And it's hard for me to reach. You think about it, you're laying on a bed. I'm standing next to you. I always stand. Uh, Sitting for me is just a back ruiner. And I'm leaning over you to see your left kidney or to see the baby that's on your left side or all the things, right? Not only that, but maternal fetal medicine, high-risk pregnancy is the only reason I'm still an ultrasound. It's the only thing that keeps me coming back. Something about those little babies, which has been so interesting considering my infertility journey this past year of being told that I would have a really tough time if I wanted to have kids someday. I never took that to work and I never punished families when I got that news. I just became more grateful for the little babies that I did see and for the families that I did impact, right? But that field is so much harder than any other field. I'm not going to say like vascular ultrasound. So when you're looking at the veins and arteries, it's very tedious, very time consuming. I'm not going to say that's not hard. The thing with OB is you have a moving target. This baby does not care how my day has went. This baby does not care how much coffee I've had to drink or if I even got my energy drink or or if I had lunch today. This baby doesn't care. And neither do the doctors or the micromanagers or the next patient. You have to get it done. Ergonomically, this is so hard on your body. I am leaning all day. So imagine this. I'm standing straight up. I have to lean to the right. My arm is stretched out in almost full extension for 10 hours a day. My eyes are on a screen. Yes, I wear my blue blockers. My left arm is up on a keyboard, stretching, reaching, doing all the things. Ergonomically, I'm leaning to the right, looking to the left. Both my arms are out. My hips are shifted. My weight is usually on my right leg. Sometimes my legs are crossed. Y'all, I pride myself. I'm a personal trainer. I know, I know what good form is. I know what my body needs. But I also know that it's next to impossible to get the photos that are expected of me by being ergonomically correct. What are we going to do about this? This is a huge problem. And this lit a fire under me because I know I'm going into a different field, but I know most of my friends, most of these people I've never even met yet that truly love what they do, they're not. They're staying in the field. The fact that 80 to 95 of us 95% of us experience work-related pain. That means all day long in your 10-hour shift, you're in so much pain. That one more patient they put on the schedule, you physically cannot do, but you do it anyway. 90% of people, sonographers that have this pain, it's for more than half their career. I told you my pain started at year two or three. And this is, 2023 was going into my 11th year. And one in five sonographers sustain a career-ending work-related injury. Here's the funny thing. You tell people you're an ultrasound tech, they're like, oh my God, you see babies all day and you you take pretty pictures. Oh, Oh my God, what a dream job. It is a beautiful, rewarding job and I'm not discrediting that. But I am the sonographer that's gonna tell you that this this job is really physically hard. And the second you start explaining that to somebody, you see these light bulbs come off and they're like, oh my God, I never thought about it. Y'all, we're not meant to do the same thing over and over and over again. That's how overuse injuries happen. And outside of ultrasound, I don't know, like there, I don't do anything else that's overuse for me and my body. Like I'm very conscious of that. There are definitely other jobs that are physically taxing that have overuse injuries as well. But the amount of tissues involved in our injuries are insane. Muscles, tendons, ligaments, joints, nerves, discs, slip discs. I know so many sonographers that have sh- have had shoulder surgery. 
you are not coming near me with a scalpel. I'm still mad that back in 2015, I allowed the surgeon to take my gallbladder out. I just know way too much about Eastern medicine now that I'm like, I needed that. I, I miss that. And I'm, I'm sad. You know, there is a time and a place for surgery. I'm not going to say there's not. But if you go to a surgeon, you guys, they're going to want to cut you. They're a surgeon, right? So why are we in so much pain? Not only is it how we're standing, how our arms are stretched away from our body, but we have lengthy exam times. Y'all, if twins come in, patients pregnant with twins or triplets, I'm going to spend upwards of two hours with them. That's not two hours of, oh, look, look at the baby. And I put the probe down. Also, you can call it a magic wand. You can call it a probe. It's a probe. It's a probe with crystals and it sends out sound waves and that's how we see into the body. Okay. I'm holding and gripping and pushing for that long. Y'all, when I tell you sometimes I'm in complete like football stance using all of my body weight to penetrate, that was like the first five years of my career. You know what I do now? Not that. I'm not going to see anything more. If I can't see it, I can't see it. I do the best I can. I'm also the one to walk out of the room. It's been 10 years in the field and be like, hey, somebody else want to take a look? I can't get this photo. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not. And I think the beginning part of my career, my ego was so big. I was like, oh my God, I got I to gotta prove myself. And so we we join these fields that we love and then we the burnout is, happens so fast. And then we ignore our body. We ignore our intuition. We're just trying to prove ourselves. And as a traveler, you guys, you're always trying to prove yourself. I'm always working with new doctors, new protocols. As a traveler, you have to be adaptive. You have to be flexible. I don't walk into one hospital and be like, oh, that's not right. We didn't do that at the last place. Um, as long as it's ethically and morally right, I'm going to do what the protocol is. That's what makes me a good traveler. Some people want to be in their job for 20 years. They can't imagine having a different routine every day or every couple of months. That gives them severe anxiety or living out of a suitcase. <laughs> it's a whole nother story. So long exam times, we have fine repetitive movements. These are forceful and awkward. Y'all, when I tell you I'm reaching over your side of the body, the side of your body and angling back towards me, my wrist is completely, is completely flexed, gripping as hard as I can. My fingers ache, like ache. I drive home from work at night and I sit on my hands. So my hands will flatten out because sometimes I think they're going to stay curled up. How fucked up is that? Then we have increase in patient BMI. The morbidity, the, the, um, Mortality, morbidity, morbidity rate, like things that are happening, like we're so unhealthy. America's so unhealthy. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to punish you for being on my table because you're overweight. I'm not. But you know what happens is I, I noticed in myself, I get very quiet because I'm, I'm in pain. I'm in pain, not just from you, but from not being heard, from my schedule not being adjusted, from no breaks. And this makes imaging more difficult to achieve without pushing the transducer into the patient. So now the patient's like, oh, 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 they're moaning, complaining because it hurts. And I'm like, it's sound. It, it, the further it has to go, the harder it is. Then we have poor equipment design, which we're getting better with this, but it forces sonographers to be in awkward positions. I can't get that damn machine close enough to the bed. Sometimes we are scanning in the ICU. You know, people have everything coming out of their face and they're barely, they're barely there, right? They're just being held alive by machines and we're supposed to get around and like look for a blood clot in the arm. Or you go to the emergency room and you have to like maneuver stretchers that don't even go up and down. I joke when I do inpatients in the hospital, I'm like, I'm just going to sit with you. I'm going to get nice and cozy. 
y'all, like, I just sit right on the bed with them. It's funny because in the ICU, if you sit on the bed, there's a weight limit. Like, there's a they know the weight of the patient. So if the patient, like, tries to get up or somebody else gets on the bed, they know it, like, an alarm goes off. So I would sit on the bed and I'm in, like, all the alarms go off. I'm like, oh, shit, it's just me. I can't reach this patient. And the exam has to get done. So the combination of all these together is a literal shit show. And the more awkward the position and the more prolonged, the higher the risk. It's really, it's really insane. And I'm not sure if it's not being spoken about, which I think it's like 50-50, or if we're not being heard. Even as a traveler, I'm the first one to ask during my interviews, how many anatomy scans do you do? For those of you that don't know know what an anatomy scan is, it's the longest exam during uh, a pregnancy. It's the 20-week ultrasound when you get to look at the baby head to toe. It's the most exciting time. Patients love it. However, if you're going to book me from seven to five with anatomy scans, I'm not going to take that job. I can't do that. That's not physically possible for me to do. Okay. So during my interviews, I make it a point to ask, you know, some, some places it's like four a day, some places it's five. How is it spread up, spread out? And the most important thing is like having a template, like they can have a template in the computer system. We are very high tech that it's the same every day. And that way scheduling knows, okay, I can put this exam here, this exam there. It's really not a hard fix. But then you throw in inpatients, you throw in add-ons, you throw in, you got to get this and you got to get that in. And we're abused. Y'all, traveling ultrasound pays so well and it's so necessary because everybody is out injured. It's, it's injury. So when I show up, which I did, I showed up at a job one time and I was like, where is everybody? The doctors were scanning and they were like, oh, our four techs are all out on injury. And I looked at them and I was like, what? They're like, yeah, whatever you need, just let us know. And I was like, what does my schedule look like? They're like, um, and they were great. They were like, we're letting you like make it. Like, what do you want? What do you need? And I was like, good. Because had that not been their response, I wouldn't have been there. You're not going to put me out on injury. Y'all, when I come home and I can't sleep at night and my quality of life is affected, there's a problem. And I know any sonographer listening to this can relate. I've worked with a, a lot of students. Y'all, I've taught ultrasound. I taught ultrasound physics, abdomen, and, and OBGYN online for two years. And I loved it. Like, I love it. And that's the thing that breaks my heart is most of us truly love what we do. We have to. We have to have a lot of patience and a lot of understanding. And we need to leave our shit at the door because everybody's going through something. But the thing that irritates me the most is we're not being heard. And so when I walk in and I said, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not saying that to just be like some dictator. Y'all, I'm I'm pretty damn sweet. I'm not doing that because I know I will get hurt. And here I am out with possible entrapped nerves, possible bad muscle strain. I had an x-ray. I might be getting an MRI. It just depends. And for the first time in 10 years, I had to go through workers' comp. I couldn't turn my head for almost three days to drive, to do anything. Tears were streaming down my face in the middle of the night. I had to use my hands to lift my head up. Your Your head is like... 20 pounds, by the way, it's pretty heavy. And the only, the only thing that resolves this is rest. The only thing you don't get as a sonographer is rest, is breaks. You don't, you know, there's no, there's no room that says a stretching yoga room, you know, every two hours you need to go in there and do 10 minutes of doing, can you imagine we would be a different world, you know? And yet we still choose to put people out on injury and we want to pay this $932 billion healthcare cost instead of just 
doing things right the first way, the first time, right? So with injury, there's a cycle. You have a tissue injury, so you have pain, stiffness, swelling, numbness, tingling when it's nerves. Then you have a loss of normal function. Range of motion goes bad. Muscle weakness, loss of normal sensation, loss of flexibility. And then you have an increased risk of degeneration, and this is going to follow you through your whole life. Poor biomechanics, poor muscle tone, balance, and an increased risk of re-injury. Don't get me wrong. There's underlying causes. You know, if you smoke, if you have diabetes, if you have other things happening in your body, hormone changes, if you have poor physical fitness, you're at more risk of all of these things. But I'm talking in a healthy individual today. That's that's how I would define myself. Here's the crazy thing. You know, people are like, oh my God, how many of these do you do a day? Well, it depends on where you work. But if you're looking at me like, yeah, you're like my 14th scan for the day. That is absurd. Absurd. I think it's funny because when doctors go into scan, they can barely get a couple photos and they're all like stretching their wrist and, and like, (laughs) you can't empathize unless you do it. And all I know how to do is like, I just want to, I don't want to torture anybody. I just want these people who make the schedule, these people who decide this, that these scans go on our schedule, these doctors who are just like flipping you off, like, oh, there's nine ultrasounds that just got put in through the ear. That's too bad. You just got to go take your machine, push your machine around, make sure you keep your core tight. I want to put a probe in their hand and I want to put a a large patient on their table. And I want to tell them for 10 hours and 40 hours a week to do that. I don't care if you get any pictures. I just want you to do it. Just physically do it. I can bet you a million times over that schedule will change immediately. Those doctors will have a different respect for you. And I'm not saying this is every place you work. Some doctors truly do understand. Some facilities truly are great about their scheduling, but it's a very small amount. When I posted the other day that I got injured and I was out of work, do you know how many messages I got from people with sad faces, sonographers? Just sad. Like, I love what I do, but I'm in so much pain. It's crazy. So what are we going to do about this? You know, I feel so guilty when people come to me and they're like, what do you think about an ultrasound career? Tell me about it. If I could go back and do anything again, I would be an ultrasound tech. And and it breaks my heart because nobody wants to live with carpal tunnel syndrome, having that wrist numbness, tingling pain. You can't grip your steering wheel. You have a hard time playing on the floor with your kids. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants a pronator syndrome, entrapment of your median nerve. Okay, it mimics carpal tunnel syndrome, dequervians, it's edema, edema of your fingers, like swelling of your fingers, like literally the sheaths. Um, I don't know how do I explain this. It's like the synovial sheaths around your tendons get inflamed. Okay, entrapment of nerves, so painful, so painful in your neck, and then my arm, like tingling going down your arms. Elbow problems. Oh my gosh, elbow problems hurt really bad. By the way, really freaking bad all these things. It leads to weakness and pain and sensory loss. And I think a lot of sonographers come home from their day and they just, they just want to drink. They want to sit down. They have no energy to go to the gym. And it's not only mentally and physically exhausting. It's, it's like they, they actually can't go to the gym. They're in so much pain. So even if they were to get their mindset right, they're just in so much pain that they're like, I'm not going to work out. Y'all, I work out at four in the morning. 4.15, because I know at 5.30, there is no way you're going to find me there. Impingement, compression syndrome, 
compartment syndrome, shoulder-related injuries, rotator cuff tears. A lot of people in ultrasound have fake shoulders, literally fake shoulders because of the impingement and the pain, the neck pain, the weakness in the back. And then you have to go through like workers comp just to be able to go get a massage or to go to a chiropractor. Like, like the number one thing with this kind of pain, you guys, for prevention, other than having breaks and conditioning your body and stretching is the chiropractor, realigning your spine and resting. And that's where workers comp has to come in. And that's where taking time off work has to come in because there's no resting at work. You can't half-ass our job. I can't go in and take 50 pictures instead of a hundred during an anatomy scan. I'm going to scan half your baby today because my arm hurts. That's not how it works. And I'm not a medicine person. And if you have to take medicine for pain, there's like, I I can't remember the statistics, but I was listening to a podcast the other day. Like most of us take some kind of medicine for pain every day. If you're a sonographer, you've at least taken Tylenol or ibuprofen. So listen, not only is this physically hard, but as a sonographer, you, you lay there as an ultrasound tech and people look at you like all day. What do you see? Like I'm looking at the screen in front of me and I have a poker face for, for my love of life and my joyous attitude and my, my smile. When I'm doing an ultrasound, you would never know if I just saw the worst case of something in my whole life. I, that's trained, that's innate in me, that's don't say anything, but I'm also human, right? And I can see you laying on the bed, looking at me. I can see you not looking up at the screen. You're looking at me. You're looking at my eyes. You're waiting for me to react. So not only is this physically exhausting, it is emotionally so taxing, especially, especially in the pregnancy world. If you're coming to me, chances are you've had multiple reoccurring losses. You've had a baby with something wrong with the baby in the past. You're just terrified. I have people that just lay on my bed and just start crying. And so I don't even pick up the probe. I just look at them and say, like, how can I be there for you? What's going on? You need to talk. Emotionally, you have to be available for your patients. And I have a true soft spot for sonographers and patients. We're not clueless, you guys. If you're listening and you're you're a patient, we're not clueless. We know what we're looking at. This is my spiel every time. Listen, I know what I'm looking at. But if I see something and I say something to you that the doctor doesn't agree with, that's not fair to you and that's not fair to me. Okay? Same thing when I'm going through an anatomy scan. This is what I say. I say, I'm going to talk you guys through the whole exam. I always talk. People want to know. It took me years to learn this. I don't expect you to look at the screen and not know. I'm going to talk you through the whole exam. However, everything I tell you is normal anatomy that I always look at. All the normal measurements, everything like that. If there's anything of concern, the doctor will speak to you afterwards. And I'm like, just enjoy the show. I forgot the popcorn. Like I keep it very lighthearted. And most people are genuinely very respectful of that. You do get the occasional like, I know you know, you know what you're looking at. I'm not going to tell anybody. Just tell me. Honey, I'm not going to tell anybody either. It's just not how it works. Are there places that I've worked that allow you to speak to the, to the patients a little bit more freely and be like, hey, I wouldn't worry about anything? For sure. I'm just very careful because I am a traveler and I've worked all over of what the hospital protocol is. Same thing with people trying to record. Y'all, you can't use phones in, a, in an ultrasound room. You cannot record. It's against hospital policy. We are not making this up, okay? So as a sonographer, as an ultrasound tech, you love what you do. It's physically exhausting. Mentally, you have to show up for your patients, right? Here's where I get upset. Not only are we not being heard, we're not being taught how to handle these kind of situations in school. Our bodies are literally breaking down. Mentally, I didn't know that I was going to have to be a therapist for most of my career too. Be there for yourself, In order to be there for others, you have to be there for yourself. 
you have to have empathy. You have to be supportive of your needs. You're the only person responsible for your health. So you can stare at my face all day. There's no results written on my forehead. I love you. I care about you, but I also love my job. Okay. And I'm here advocating for patients. I'm here advocating for sonographers. We want to show up better for you. And in order to do that, we need to be heard. We need to be heard. We need schedules to be different. We need breaks. We need time out of the office away from the screen. That's all I'm saying. And right now, being as frustrated as I am, injured, I know better, you guys. I left this field for two years. And I did per diem and I still worked it, but it was on occasion, right? I know what it feels like to have good quality of life. I know what it feels like to not be in pain every day, to train at the gym and love my training because I'm not in pain. I also know some people will never leave this field. I know very few sonographers that make it to 20 years. So when I graduated in 2013, my intentions of doing this for the rest of my life were pure and real and astoundingly beautiful, (laughs) right? And this job, this career has taught me so much about myself. It's taught me how to show up for other people. taught me how to empathize. It's taught me how to leave my shit at the door and be there for other people. It taught me to trust my instinct. If I can't get a picture, especially of like a baby heart or something like that, like there's a reason I can't get a picture. There's likely something wrong. Whatever season you're in in your life right now, whatever you're going through, it's teaching you something about you, about other people, about what you want, about how to show up, how to show up differently. Pain and injury, anything you're going through is always going to make you pay attention. It's always, it's, it's life's work, right? But I want you to pause for a minute and breathe these words over yourself. Jenna Kutcher says it best. You've been given a very magical gift. That's today. Your life that you're living right now and the hardest, most beautiful truth is that right now is the only time you are sure to have. That bright future, I want it and I want you to have it. But creating it starts right now and it starts in your mind. You don't have to live in pain. You don't have to be uncomfortable. You don't have to silence your voice. The world needs to hear exactly what you have to say. So speak up. If not for yourself, for other people. I'm here for you. I'm an advocate for you. I'm doing outreach. I'm not going to be quiet about this until something is changed. I love you so freaking much. Show up today. The world needs you just as you are. Be kind. Give back. Drink your water. Eat your veggies. Smile.